Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Uh, it's time for How To, uh, where we talk about some of the more momentous challenges in life. Today, it's How To Organise a Funeral. We're joined by Joe McNamara from Funeral Directors Corrigan and Sons. Joe, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. Uh, and so, like... I suppose the first thing that uh, uh, if somebody dies, especially if it's a shock, it's not a thing you're, you're, you're one is ready for, of course. Uh, is, is there an absolute first thing one should do uh, when someone dies? Take a deep breath. Yes. <laughs> OK, so I'm telling you, OK, so the typical situation is that somebody's been minding someone close to them for perhaps a, a night or two. OK, so they're um, a little bit uh, short on sleep. Mm. OK, yeah. Um, so then this person has died and now you're pretty devastated and mm. you say, right, we need to arrange a funeral. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, then they're going to turn around to somebody and say, right, let's let's find a funeral director. Yeah. Okay. okay. If it normally, though, I mean, if if a person, if you're in a relatively small town, there's probably one or two funeral directors, and everybody knows who they are. Sure. But if you live in a city, yeah, do, do, like if, if the person dies in a hospital, do hospitals tend to recommend funeral directors, or uh, you know, are you left up to your own devices to find out? Pretty much up to your own devices. Okay. Um, hospitals tend not to recommend one over another. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It really comes down to um, the one that people or our family were familiar with. Perhaps there's some connection with the funeral previously. Mm. Like I'm talking like, say, grandparents are going back and somebody says, oh, I remember last time we had so that yeah. particular person or whatever it was and we look for them again. Okay. Yeah. So more lately in the last couple of years, it turns out to be um, what's coming more important now is um, your social media and your what's I call your website and yeah. all that sort of uh, be more findable. Yeah. Once upon a time it was the golden pages. Yeah. Only that's not so good nowadays, right? <laughs> For um, our older listeners. The hard yes. paper, the hard paper thing doesn't really apply so much now. It's all going online and it comes down to people having a mobile phone. Yeah. Now if 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 the person dies in their home Mm-hmm. Uh, are you supposed to ring a doctor or the guards or, or is there any kind of legal procedure there? OK, well, first of all, I'll tell you this. Um, I got a phone call recently at, um, at I think about four in the morning, right, from from a daughter. And she said, look, you know, dad's died. And I said, OK, I said, does the doctor know? Oh, we couldn't ring him at this time of day. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I thought, well, you know, thanks very much. Thanks very much. So I, I was the first person she thought of at that time of day and I say right well you know really we, we really need to tell the attending GP whoever that is so who will actually come along and actually, and certify the, the, the death okay mm. so yes the legal point is this some doctors got to come along and say yes this person died hopefully of natural causes yes. so that uh, <laughs> before you get going with regard to a funeral yeah. arrangement and, and actually I suppose a lot of this will come after the funeral perhaps but you need and, and it might sound like an obvious point to make but you do need a death certificate for all sorts of reasons Okay so it, we're a bit strange here at the moment in Ireland in that we don't require registration of death prior to the funeral Okay, right. going across other parts of EU, they say first let's get this all done correctly. Ireland, we tend to do things. The funeral happens before, invariably before registration takes place. Okay, mm. um, in practice here, we're allowed to register the death. I think it's three months up 
to after the date of death has occurred. Okay. Um, what we do look for, though, at the time of death is that the doctor is in a, the attending doctor is in a position to issue what's called the death notification form. This would be the medical certificate of cause of death. Okay. And once we know that's on hand or available, then we can start going down the road with everything else. Yeah, and but, but though, you know, you need the death certificate if there are bank accounts to be closed. OK, or so ultimately after, this is like the administration yes, bit afterwards. Yeah. yeah, now the administration bit afterwards, you, you can't really go anywhere unless you've got your death registered in, in official terms, right, on yeah. the with the registrar. Now, the, the, the good thing about uh, registration now in Ireland is that wherever the death takes place in Ireland, you can register at the local registrar. You don't have to go back to the district where the death occurred. Mm. Now, that can help a lot of families who have moved away from where they grew up and now they're living in a different town or somewhere else. Yeah, OK. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, as you said, there's probably a lot of administration that they, uh, there's that a you whole wouldn't lot have of to administration. think Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in terms of their kind of financial affairs. But anyway, the, 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 the person has died. You've had a doctor in and they've issued... Uh, uh, Once the doctor can yeah. issue the, the medical certificate, right, then we're off. Then we then can start off. making arrangements. Right. Okay. So the, can, do you want me to keep talking? Or no, keep, no keep talking because I, the, yeah, this person this. is stunned and let's say a cousin says, try uh, okay. uh, funeral director's yeah. X, they're good. And okay. then what happens? So what happens is, so the so actually, do you know what you've got to do? You've got to listen carefully and see. So I usually volunteer to go out and meet the family rather than talk on the phone. Mm. Particularly if there's a group situation involved, it's easy easier if you meet the group together and then you can sound out the ideas and they can all bounce around off each other as to what's to do. The first key question is this. With regard to the person who has died, would they prefer to have a burial or a cremation? Mm-hmm. And that's that starts off, that's the key direction and what way you're going to follow next. Okay? Yes. Um, if it's cremation, and I, I mentioned cremation because a lot of people now are getting more interested in cremation, uh, then we have to be careful to get more medical certificates to enable the registration take place, to okay, enable wh- the cremation to take okay, place. Okay, wh- why is that then? Why or- is that? Okay, well, if I put it this way, when you've got someone cremated, there's no double checking afterwards whether or not somebody had been uh, um, pushed off the wall. Yeah, so right. Humpty Dumpty gotcha. wouldn't have qualified. Let's yeah. put it that way, okay? So uh, we would have had to... So what happens is, if someone says we're going for cremation, that we know we need to signal to the attending doctor that we need more three more pages of certificate to enable the cremation to take place, mm. okay? And so it's there's more paper trail with cremation than there is with burial. Okay. Right. So okay. we need to know at start off that that's the route we're following and then we can get that sort of set up. Okay. Okay. Well, notwithstanding the paperwork, mm-hmm. then do you have to book a cremation? Is that difficult? Is there is that something, you know, one should think about in advance of the death? Okay. So in practice, and um, there are I'm I'm working in Dublin all my on yeah. my time let's yeah. put it that way okay so we have I think it's four crematoriums now around Dublin and what you do is you try and sort of work towards the district that the family are in and where they would like to go with their mm. with their funeral okay yes you, you, everyone gets this particular appointment at the crem it's not just any time on that <laughs> yeah, day you, you, yeah. get, you get an actual specific appointment and yeah. you when you're working on the day on the funeral you really aim to be on schedule because if you don't you're also inter- interfering or messing up the funeral that's following 
afterwards. So you've got to, and that can be a bit tricky because you're trying to sort of guide the family with the funeral, but at the same time, you should be respectful of another family who are going to follow yes, through afterwards. You don't want to be That's a very delicate manoeuvre. Yeah. Now, the, also, if the person, though, had opted to be buried, but they didn't have a plot, okay. what happens then? Okay, so let's say, um, okay, I'll, what I would check with the family then and say, well, this person who has died, were they from a particular area where you'd like to have a, a, a grave purchased? OK, you could, it is possible to purchase graves in Dublin. Yeah. Okay, different yeah. cemeteries. OK. And I try and sort of get people to a point where they're comfortable going to a particular direction. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Um, it's the people have what do I call it sort of habits in terms of where they go in Dublin and they sort of go particular areas. They sort of they're comfortable and they they feel a sense of um, being at home in particular districts or around Dublin. OK. Sure, so yeah. I try and sort of keep that in mind when I'm having the chat with them and they say, look, we need to buy a grave. And I'm going to say, well, you know, we could go to this cemetery or that cemetery. And I sound out that situation. Right. Now, for some people, I suppose a lot of people, that might be within a religious context. If, if, if say, you're a complete atheist, you don't want to be buried in a Protestant Catholic uh, a graveyard, is there any alternative? OK, so the, the, um, I'm trying to think about that now for a moment because I, I, I don't really see the, the churchyards, which would be, let's not go where the churchyard, let's just stick with the word cemetery. Churchyard right. is very specific okay. in the environs around a particular chapel. Okay. okay. But if you go to the cemeteries which are run by the councils, either North, what, like a Fingal, Dunleary Raddown, uh, South County Dublin, they're operated by the council. They're not right. actually church okay. uh, church controlled or I, I think that's the answer to yes, your question. That okay. does answer that question. Yes, indeed. Okay. Right. So so let's say that, you know, they, they, they've had to have a, a conversation about burial and I suppose some kind of service or, mm-hmm. or you know, under uh, and what kind of organisation. Um, after that, then, is it a matter of choosing the coffin? OK, I would go back a little bit to okay. start there and say, look, what are we going to do by way of a service to mark the mm. occasion? OK, now, really what I'm working with is trying to bring peace of mind to a particular family who've had this really bad time where someone close to them has, has died. OK, yeah. and it, it, if you rush this too quickly afterwards, when they sort of play back the, the whole funeral situation in their heads, they, they'll be a bit sort of stressed that they should have done something yeah. differently. OK, yeah. so really it's about trying to bring people to peace of mind. OK, it's not like Brexit getting it done. OK, yes. <laughs> we're really bringing people along so that they can have peace of mind and then move forward with their life because it's a tough station having someone close to you die. Mm. OK, so what I try and work with then is the... Um, the kind of funeral service that they would like, which is appropriate to the person who has died. But the thing is, the funeral is for the people who are left, not the person who has died. So you've got two different directions. The people who are arranged the funeral think they're all looking at the person who has died. And in practice, I'm looking at the people who are the bereaved, trying to make, um, bring them to a a funeral uh, ceremony Mm. that's actually going to be give them comfort. Yes. So it it isn't immediately apparent because they're all looking in one direction. Okay. So before we even get to the coffin, I'm trying to work to the actual point of getting a service. I I suppose, yeah, that's a tricky one because they might be thinking, well, what would dad would have liked kind of thing but it's as much for them as it is, uh, it is for yeah, that. Yeah, so really when we're arranging the funeral uh, the coffin just happens to be a piece of furniture that's present at a funeral yeah. but the funeral actually is the more critical point as we're going along. 
Yeah. Nowadays, like, does everyone still have have a wake the night before? Okay, so a lot of times now we're actually going home. Yeah. We're going home. Yeah. Right. And um, so a lot of people would actually have someone home overnight the night before the funeral. Mm. Let's call it that. Okay. Um, So if you want to say that's the wake, that's the wake. Okay. The removal to church has sort of eased significantly in the last couple of years okay nowadays when we're going to church it's usual that we go one move right okay. rather than the evening before yes okay? now the downside of that is that the removal suited a lot of people to go after work and they'd go along and sympathise yeah. with the family now I have to say Irish people do funerals really well I okay agree, yeah. you're sort of conspicuous by your absence at an Irish funeral mm. versus other countries where you're conspicuous by your attendance now in Irish situation um, everybody is welcome to go to everyone's funeral mm. and we do it as a community um, which I think is actually one of the how will I put it nice features of an Irish yes, an Irish uh, yeah. Funeral, okay. Yeah. But the so if you bring somebody home, the snack is you're going to end up with <laughs> a whole lot of people <laughs> tumbling in the door. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm suggesting to folks is that if we do that, that we put an in the notice we say from four o'clock till six o'clock or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So we have a closing time that they have the opportunity to say, folks, we're now going to have a private house yes, and we yeah. need everybody. Out. Yeah. And that helps. Yeah. That helps. Absolutely. Staying up all night the night before the funeral is counterproductive mm. because then you're absolutely jaded, tired, and you, it won't be a satisfactory funeral afterwards. It's, you know, you can't go out drunk to a. a yes. A, a running yeah. a funeral of someone that you particularly miss and. Yeah. and uh, you, know, you want to celebrate. Yeah. You yeah. want to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. So there's it, it, a bit more subtlety involved. Okay. Here. And uh, does that take a bit of negotiate, a bit, a bit of negotiation on your part, a bit of kind of reading the room? Almost? Okay. I, I wouldn't use the word negotiation. I would call it guidance. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what okay. I do is this. I say, look, on the basis of my experience, my suggestion is this. Mm. All right. Mm. And then then that'll bounce around the room between all the various individuals and either that works or it doesn't. But it has to be a family group. Make that decision. Right. Yeah. OK. Which I imagine can be quite fraught given everyone's Depends upset. on the size of the family. And yeah. they, every family has very interesting dynamics. There's always one. Yeah. Who doesn't particularly get on well with the others who are now strung out because they haven't had two nights sleep. Yeah. And anything can happen. <laughs> anything <laughs> can happen. So when I'm out, the lot of the time is I'm sort of putting pebbles into the uh into the pond and I have to wait for the, the waves to, to go out yeah. and see then how it develops. But at the end of the end afterwards, at the end of that interview, most people are very satisfied that we have a plan. Yes. That's going to be satisfactory to everybody. And it's really key to get everybody in on that because if somebody is missing, they're going to say, well, I think we should have turned left afterwards. Only I wasn't asked. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it was. So you've got to have it out there in the uh, initial yeah. initial meeting. OK, so uh, before we move on to the next stage, uh, a few questions and comments. Who decides if a grave plot is full or not? If you have a family plot, how many people fit in? OK, um, it's determined by the registrar of the cemetery. Mm. Okay, so 
that's the first thing. So when you buy a grave in Irish, it's a very confusing situation. You say, okay, we buy a single grave, which is, say, one coffin wide, let's say four foot wide, okay? But the way we arrange the coffins is it's one over the other, literally, like an arrangement of one over the other. So normally when we buy a grave, we're told, well, this grave has the capacity of up to three burials or something like that, okay? And when you get to the end of three, what they mean by this is three coffin burials, yeah. typically, okay? So you get three coffins into that grave. Um, now, it's possible that when the grave is deemed full, depending on the cemetery, that we could put ashes in after the three coffins are buried, mm-hmm. Okay. Does that answer your question? That answers I'm the question. Sure. No, no, yeah. Well, I suppose that does. Yeah, if if it's if it's full, it's full. And if it's full, we have the point that it's full from the point of view of coffin burials. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm saying to folks, well, you know, it's possible we could have a cremation and put the ashes into that plot. Yeah. Now, I I sort of I do like that idea because if you look at Newgrange, that was a bit like an Irish crematorium. Early, yeah. early, I'll give you yeah. early crematorium. Yeah. But I mean, there were ashes there, I understand. And I was saying to you, well, you know, it's not really alien. We're just trying to put the ashes in and keep the family together in the one uh, location rather than saying, well, we bought three graves in Dublin and now the next grave is going to be available in county elsewhere. OK, fair enough. Uh, Christian wants to know, can you ask, is it possible to have a burial at sea? And if not, would going out beyond the 12 mile limit exclude you from law of, from law of the land? Just curious. The answer is, uh, yes, it's possible to bury, let's see, it, it is full of all sorts of regulations, OK? Um, and um, the only, and I'm going to say to you, it's, it's very, it's doable, but it's actually complex. And I'm not sure it's a good call, OK? Right. okay. In terms of a coffin bury, let's see, OK? Yeah. What I do have is a number of folks then who go for cremation and the ashes then are put on at sea. Yeah. OK? Yeah. That's an easier thing to manage. I would imagine it's a far easier thing easier to manage. Easier thing to manage because if you bring a coffin out to sea, you've got to make sure that coffin goes to the bottom. Yeah. And when, stays. When people do the ashes thing, and, and I'm only getting this from every sitcom I've ever seen where this happens and somebody throws the ashes and then they blow straight back in their face. Do people tend to put the actual ashes into the water or the, you know, the, the urn as well? Okay. Um, my, my experience has been it was the ashes, yeah. not the urn. Yeah. Okay. So we have what we call a scatter tube whereby you can actually open the tube, a little opening, and then scatter the ashes from inside the tube out onto the water. Ah, right. And that's a more efficient okay. way of, of delivering well, it. Well, yeah, it means that, yeah, yeah. Okay. If that's what you say. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Words like efficient body <laughs> I know. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's anyway, quite, quite that's cold. Right. Uh, someone uh, texted in to say, I suppose echoing the point you made, my mom died at home two weeks ago out of her jurisdiction and it was a nightmare uh, getting her death registered. Uh, some, uh, somebody else wants to know, are eco-friendly coffins more expensive? They can be. I have folks coming into me in the into the showroom and say, "Look, we want to have an eco coffin, and of course they'll be cheaper than they are a nicely, highly polished, solid hardwood." Yeah. And I say, "Well, you've got to be careful what you pick out here because if you think about it, weaving a coffin up to the height of, let's say, I don't know, twelve, thirteen inches, takes a lot of time. Yeah. Weaving yeah. versus, and that's what we call, what will I call this, handmade coffins, right? Mm. Versus putting boards together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So people stand back and say, "Oh, I never thought of that." Because these coffins are handmade, so the weaving. So I have to say to you, mm, maybe not so cheaper than having boards. Yeah, and if it's just boards. Mm-hmm. 
surely they're going to decompose as well. Yeah, they will do. Ultimately, uh, nature says everything. Yeah. Everything, no matter who you are. That's yes. the way that's the way nature works, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So so you've got a different thing. You've got softwood and you've got hardwood, okay? Mm. So hardwood um is the denser material, the water can't get into the fibres, so it it actually stays its integrity is secure longer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, yeah, and so the, the, are we at the? We're at the coffin stage. I'm just talking about. Yes, I'm going into too much detail for you. I don't know. No, but you, you uh, like so. It, it, you have a showroom for mm. people that they come in. Now, I've mm. I've had this mysterious uh, experience myself okay. when a parent died, and you're brought to a shed out the back, okay, uh, uh, behind the pub, of course, okay, uh, and uh, hardly a comforting place. But uh, the you know, and you you, you know, point at one, and there was okay. that kind of thing. Uh, but your sounds a bit more. Uh, a bit more, a bit more only, gentle I experience. I can only speak from my experience. <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't describe the pub scenario. Yeah. We don't really run a pub. I'm sure so. many people have had that around I'm the sure. country have had that experience. I mean, there's an awful lot of publicans around the country who also have a funeral home sure. uh, yeah. uh, as, a, as another line. And uh, so I understand that. So look, um, I don't know how to get you over that situation, but it helps when you see the coffin so you mm. can understand the subtlety between one coffin and another because people will say, look, is a wardrobe a wardrobe? You know, and it's, yeah, it is, but it isn't, you know? So the same with the coffin. There's a serious amount of selection and cho- choices between them. Yeah, and what, ki- what, what would be the key differences between the coffins? <sighs> that people would decide one over the other. Okay, well, I mean, st- starting off straight away just on the timber coffins, just to make it easy, we start talking about colour. Are we talking about a pale shade, like a, um, how would I describe it to you, like a pale oak, mm. uh, or a mahogany, which would be a much darker brown? Yeah. Okay, now, if you ever visit any of the great houses around the country, they tend to have mahogany panelling, right? Dark brown panelling. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so I just say that's brown versus the paler would be, what's pale colour? What's pale colour? Uh, oak? Something like the sort of yeah, going directional cardboard sort of thing. Color, that's a, yeah, yeah. Or a pine colour can yeah. be even more a white, a white yeah. situation again. That's just colours, okay? Yeah. If you look at the eco situation, right, you've got wicker, mm. which everyone knows about. Then you've got a water hyacinth, which is like a, 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 a water grown reed, yeah. completely different kind of material. Mm. Okay, so okay. you can see completely different thing again. There's another one, a banana leaf, right? And it, it's like, well, are plants all the same? No, they're not. They're different kind of leaves look differently. The timber looks different depending on the nature of the timber and the grain of the timber. Okay. okay. Uh, so and, and what kind of a, roughly what kind of, and this again, this is, we're doing this for people who maybe never done this before. What's the price range on a coffin? Okay, so with us, what we do is we have uh, what we call our simple coffin, um, which we reckon the, the coffin which comes with the hearse in Dublin, because it's an awkward piece of furniture. You need to have a yeah. vehicle, a specialist vehicle to move it around. Okay, so realistically, we start with our simple coffin from 1400 odd. Okay, and then it gets more complex depending on what coffin you choose after that. Yeah. Okay? Uh, is there a fa- because probably at some portion between uh, um, the, the the coffin will be carried by people? Are coffins different weights? Is that uh, yes. a factor to be taken into account? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. If you have a solid mahogany coffin, you'll know all about it. Yeah, <laughs> or a solid oak coffin for that yeah. matter. The weight of them um, is completely different to something that maybe is 
on a different, like if I said a veneered coffin on a lighter timber for argument's sake, mm. um, it's on a softer timber, like I don't know, a piner or something like that, or a spruce, going to be a lighter weight to carry. Okay, mm. but solid mahogany, boy, oh boy, you'd know all about it. Right, okay. And so you come then, out from the gym. Yeah, and so then you might kind of have to ask who's going to carry this coffin if you plan yeah, to carry okay, it. Okay, well, I mean, we tend to, we assume we're carrying unless family come through, right? And yeah. then we get this other thing called spontaneity where people decide. That on often the happens. Who There's a flurry of who's going to day. do it. Yeah. And I get this when I'm out making arrangements. Oh, yeah, so there'll be so-and-so will be there and they'll carry the coffin. And what I say to folks is, well, let's see when we get there who's up for it and mm. who's up to it because people arrive in various states of um, health yeah. and I've got, to, I've got to assess I've got to assess who actually is going to be competent on this and then you know what do I do as a funeral director I'm also guiding the folks who are carrying this coffin in or out to work out first of all have we got the heights anyway equal yeah and, I mean, I've seen that myself yeah. that you say gosh now things you never think about you look at this yeah of course he's going to cover except that he's a midget Yes. <laughs> Someone else's. And you say, you know, there's a few other things that I would actually do. Let's put it on the hoof when I'm there. Can I actually see what's going to work here and what isn't going to work here? Mm, yeah. Uh, now, I don't, I, this may be slightly outside your remit. Uh, ask them about the leaving the body to science in the un- or university. My partner did that. I was really uh, n- uh, not really prepared for how hard that is. No cremation or burial for three years. Uh, fine for the deceased, but awful for the bereaved. I suppose that that would be okay. when the body is returned. Is that's when you would well, check let me up. start. Let me start at the beginning there. Okay, so a lot of people have actually registered with different medical schools to give their bodies to medical research. Yeah. Okay, very important and actually makes a very big difference to the quality of mm. the teaching of the medical students there. Okay, there is no comparison with the real thing. Just let me talk about bone for a minute. Yeah. There is no comparison between the real thing and the artificial dummy you see in the, what do I call it, in the, the promotion photograph, yeah. okay? They simply can't replicate even a bone, okay? Mm. So uh, the first thing I'm going to say to this person is that have no hesitation that actually anyone who goes in for medical research makes a difference. Yeah. Okay, that's the first thing. Now, um, I do understand that for some families it can be difficult to cope with the idea that their beloved is in the medical school and we haven't got to a final um, conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I I do get that. And I spend a lot of time with family talking with them about this. Um, And what I'm working on is trying to bring people to to, the point of peace of mind. Okay, so... Um, usually about a year and a half, two years after they've gone into college, they will reappear. College make contact with the family and say, right, what would you like to happen at this stage? OK, so uh, this morning I was out at the crematorium and met the family uh, and we went in and we had a cremation service and a regular committal prayers. OK, mm. so, yeah, I do understand that for some folks it can be difficult because of the time period in between. And the only consolation I can give to those folks is that actually it's it makes a big difference. They really are. Yeah. Uh, serving other people. Um, another two quick questions, actually three quick questions. Niall wants to know, is it true that when a grave is opened and the coffin is lowered into it, it's then removed from the grave and dug to a deeper depth and lowered back in? 
Okay, so that depends on the cemetery involved, okay? And uh, I know that over the last uh, couple of years, that some cemeteries were concerned over, particularly on health and safety grounds, in mm. case somebody would fall into the grave, okay? Yeah. And um, we had situations where people, <laughs> where the uh, the council was saying, well, you know, we really can't have anybody near anywhere that's dug grave in case they trip. And, you know, you're saying, well, hold on, this is actually a burial. They have to come along. And yeah. so we had that difficult situation. So this was sort of a compromise situation. OK. Um, yeah. And it was not intended to cause stress. It was more trying to be um, a middle ground situation. Now, the benefit of having the grave deepened is that it means there's space for a, a subsequent burial. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to be cremated. Can I be taken out of my coffin and return it? Uh, or and sa- or saved for another person. Okay, so what happened? Sorry, saved the yeah. coffin saved. So yeah, the coffin saved. Okay, so look, I have a very strong view on security here, and that is that when someone says we're going to put something into a coffin, and then the coffin is closed, that coffin stays closed. Mm. There is no. And right. something afterwards. OK, okay yeah. now, you, you know, you're saying, well, really, what if we do it and say, no, no, no. When we go to cremation, the coffin and the person are cremated as one item. Yeah. OK, one fair item. enough. And it's really important. Finally, uh, it, it, transporting the coffin either to a, a cemetery or, or to be cremated, does it have to go in a hearse? Could it, for instance, go in an ice cream, cream truck? I've never had to do that and I I'm have an ambition sure to do the, that Joe when I die I want well, to serve ice cream at my funeral <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I just want an ice cream truck to okay. turn up I, 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 they chuck me in a hole and everyone has an ice cream um, I, I think well wait a minute now if the coffin is in the ice cream truck we're not going to have space for the ice cream machine so I have a, I have a dilemma here because I would really like to have that 99 and I think what we should do is have a hearse followed by the ice, ice cream, cream machine truck. I'll okay. even have the tune playing that'd be good out of both vehicles. I, that I, would I be, think that's fine. That be, I'm grand with that plan. <laughs> Joe, thanks a million no, uh, for no. coming in to talk to us. That was extremely well, informative. Bye. Joe McNamara there, Director of Corrigan and Sons Funeral Directors. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. Uh, after that, how the fuel price increases. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.